another edition of But Have You Heard About? I'm your host, Courtney, and I'm joined today by my super amazing, awesome, fabulous, fantastic friend, Nick. Hola, how's it going? So I'm going to give you three topics to choose from. One is for you, one is a shared interest of ours, and one is for me because I like hearing the sound of my own voice. The first topic is, Texas, who is your daddy? I like that. That sounds fun. It's a good one. Second one is seance is beance. Is Beyonce there? And the third one, I still know nothing about wait, the Donathan party. Seance is beance is Beyonce. What? Hold on. Second is it one. Seance Beyonce? Or yeah, what are you saying? Seance Beyonce is Beyonce there. <laughs> okay. It's a great title. I was very mm-hmm. proud of that. It was a pun. Let me live my best life. Third topic is, Nick, what would you like to talk about today? I want to talk about who's your Texas daddy. As we all should. So, disclaimer, both of us went to Stephen F. Austin State University up in Akadosha, Texas. Go Jacks! And for the most part, Sam Houston is a dirty, disgusting college out in Huntsville, and their colors are prison orange. To be fair, they did give him a very large statue just south on I-45. So we want to talk about the founding fathers of Texas, because I really also think, in my personal opinion, we were taught Texas history very kid glove style, in a sense. That's probably fair. I think that's fair. We're in seventh grade. I mean, Texas history, very much so. Seventh grade, you are basically taught, hey, we didn't like what was going on in Mexico. And so we wanted to rise up because they were being mean. I mean, as a kid, you're like, yeah, man, that's like the American Revolution, 110% down. However, if you actually go back and look at the facts of what actually happened, people that had moved from the U.S. over to Texas because they were desperate for land, desperate to be farmers, didn't follow the guidelines that were given to them when they immigrated to Mexico and were upset that they weren't allowed to not follow those guidelines. So 1821, Mexico gets its independence from Spain. They're like, hallelujah, we're our own nation. We're going to live our best life over here. And they have all of this land that nobody from Mexico lives in. So you have California, which has actual people living there, but Texas, for the most part, has no one living in it. And so when Moses Austin came over and was like, hey, I'll bring settlers over. Let's make a deal. Moses Austin died and his son, Stephen F. Austin or Stephen Fuller Austin, if you want to say his full name or just, you know, Surf and Steve. Is I will say that's how he's known to me because of that wonderful statue. It's a beautiful statue. So you have Surf and Steve over here who comes in after his daddy, Moses, and is like, hey, I'm going to bring you 300 families from the U.S. They are hungry for land. They are desperate to get out of the U.S. And this was before the Homestead Act where the U.S. government was like free for all on land, pennies per the acre. So there wasn't as much land to go around at the time during the 1820s and 30s as there was like later on in the 19th century. Land is scarce. And also if you want to escape paying your taxes to the U.S. government, you leave and you go over to Texas, Mexico. Sounds like a great destination. By like 1830, there's about 300 families who come from the U.S., settle in Texas, and they are required to convert to Catholicism and speak Spanish. Would you like to guess what they did not do? Speak Spanish. They didn't either. They were Protestants and they sure as hell spoke English and they continued to be very much so American. And there was a constitution of 1824 for Mexico that was very much so a state's rule on their own. And Texans were like, yes, we're going to govern ourselves. We're very much so American in that sense that, you know, states' rights are more valued than the government's rights, unless there's a government law. So after 1824, 
the Mexican government is very much so we're going to change how everything is. We don't want it to be states' rights because they do have states in Mexico. So Texas technically is a state. However, it's still controlled by Mexico and Mexico overrides anything going on in Texas, even though there are so many miles and there has been numerous people, not just Americans that moved to Texas, but also Tejanos and or Mexicans that live in Texas that were very much like, hey, let Texas be its own state and govern itself because we are so far removed from you. Mexico is like, nah, bro, we ain't let you do that. This basically very combative atmosphere between these settlers who came, while they are not like the British version of the convicts they sent to Australia that were forced to be there, they were definitely people that didn't want to necessarily follow the rules in a sense. A lot of them didn't want to listen to the government. They wanted to just expand their lands and have this farmland and live out their best lives. But to have these farmlands and to have these cotton fields bring with them slaves. So one of the things I don't think we ever talked about in Texas history is the fact that Texas, while we definitely were part of the South during the Civil War, one of the major reasons that we were upset with Mexico and wanted to leave was because Mexico was like, we're not about slaves anymore. And all of the founding fathers, but Did one- Did Mexico ever have slavery? Yeah. Interesting. I, I didn't know that. Ain't nobody know nothing. We didn't learn that in school. No, no. That's why I'm, I'm all surprised. That's why I'm asking questions. I'm surprised. <laughs> because you, you spent a whole year on Texas history and you don't learn this stuff. My favorite thing about Texas history, Mrs. Bowles, seventh grade, I learned about the Atacapans. The what? They're a Native American tribe in Texas. Atacapans. Okay. I haven't heard of them. This is literally the only thing I took from Texas history. The one thing. The one thing. So we're taught that Texas, for the most part, like Texans, especially those that had moved from the U.S., um, very much so valued a lot of American principles, including owning slaves. And when Mexico abolished slavery, they were like, whoa, 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 states' rights. But again, I know for a fact I was taught that Texans wanted their independence from Mexico just because Mexico was just, you know, had a dictatorship with Santa Ana. And it was horrible that's really the basis for almost everything they teach i feel like because that that's all like we learned about for the most part was yeah. the revolution so and santa Ana. a lot about santa Ana, a lot about the alamo so much about the alamo so let's talk about santa Ana for a hot minute he wasn't necessarily a political figure he was a general he would go between being liberal and conservative to whatever fit the country at the like literally that minute only because he wanted to appease those around him and to continue to have power. Understandable. That is definitely a smart move in the long run, is that you're trying to appease power around you and you're trying to appease the people. And once he became president, as well as still technically general. Uh, it kind of has a similarity to things now. <laughs> yes. You sway with the wind as an analogy. Swaying with the wind. Or fanning the flames. Yes. And how you want to think about it. However you want to think about it. Let that stew in your brew for a hot minute. The whole start of the Texas Revolution basically started with Gonzales, the city of Gonzales. If you've never heard of it, it's because you're not from Texas. But if you're from Texas, you know about Gonzales because there was a cannon there. And there were Texans that were like, I'm going to take this cannon because we're upset. And the Mexicans were like, okay do what you want to do. Like, we're just going to let you take this cannon because it's one cannon that we use to scare away Native Americans that were nearby. So we're not going to kill you right now. And we're not going to get mad at you. We're just going to walk away. There was a little bit of a skirmish, 
but there was no actual battle, even though some people like to think there was a battle. But there really wasn't. It was just a, oh, I'm going to take this cannon. I'm going to go run off with it. We spent at least like a week or two on this in in school. Again, history is told by the winners. And we don't want to talk about the fact that we just like stole a cannon. And we're like, ha, we got a cannon from you, Mexico. And I'm like, you could have made your own cannon. Like, did you not have blacksmiths? Did like no blacksmiths? It would cost too much. Maybe. Stealing one's cheaper. So the next thing is we have the Alamo. When we think of the Alamo, we're like, oh, remember the Alamo, everybody and their mama that came to Texas, everybody died except for like some women. We're looking back. A lot of us, a lot of Americans in general know about the Alamo. We had a lot of people, not we, you and me personally, but Texas had a lot of people from outside of Texas come to stand and defend the Alamo. So we have the Alamo. If you've never been to the Alamo, I highly suggest waiting to go because when you show up, if you're not from Texas, you are very much so, oh, that's all it is because it is small. It's a mission. And a mission is where Catholics from over in Spain, for the most part, would come over to lands over in America and would try to convert everybody. So it's a very small church, but they made it into a fort. And so it was a fort, Alamo, but it was also a mission. Yada, yada, yada. Texas history. I've been drinking. So Mission Alamo, it's very small. So if you go and see it in person. Okay. So if you go and see it in person. I will say it is it's super surprisingly small when you show up to see it. Like you, like in pictures and everything, it's super grand. And then you get there and you're like, that's it? Oh, all right. And the grounds around it are quite, it's pleasant, gorgeous. I mean, it is pretty. It's just smaller than you realize. There's also a lot of dead people. Everybody at the Alamo died. Let's just remember that. So the only reason we actually- It's a very bloody battle. Yeah, because Santa Ana was like, you were all traitors. I'm going to murder all of you. He told it to everyone. He was like, there is no surrender. You decided to rebel against us. And we've been very accommodating to everything. And you are just upset because you want to have your own state. As a nation of Mexico has constantly said, no, you stole a cannon. Like you started the war. No, bro, I'm going to murder you. Which honestly, like he had conviction. And he was very much so ruthless in that sense that he was like, you were a traitor. I'm going to hold this. Ruthless is a good word. Yes. Yes. He was ruthless. He held a grudge and he's like, I'm going to murder all these traitors up in here. Yeah. That's a fine example of the Alamo. It is. So out of the people who survived the Alamo, one of them was a slave. The William Travis's slave is the only one, like one of the only men who survived. And he happened to be a slave that survived from the Alamo. And he actually, for the next 40 years, his name is Joe. He actually propelled the whole Remember the Alamo slogan. There's a historical docuseries called Texas Rising. You can watch the majority of it on Amazon, except for like one episode that's in the middle, which really made me upset because I just wanted to watch it for free because I already paid for Amazon Prime. But I digress. It's so stupid. <laughs> it really is. It goes into this whole detail where it talks about, oh, remember the Alamo. But nobody was actually saying remember the Alamo besides Joe who was a slave to Colonel Travis. Just also want to put out there that all of the people that are, all of the men, because it's not really women, that are considered the founding fathers, all of them but Stephen F. Austin owned slaves. Sam Houston owned slaves. General Travis owned slaves. Dave Bowie owned slaves. I do want to give a casual mark, because Sam Houston was alive during the Gettysburg Address, that he did supposedly let all of his slaves be free when the Gettysburg Address happened by Lincoln. But on his deathbed, it still said that he had slaves and that they were valued at X amount of stuff. So you know what? Well, what were the dates of like Juneteenth versus his death? Like, because technically that was like the last moment because word traveled super slow back then. Sam Houston died 
on July 26th of 1863. That was before the end of the Civil War, right? You're the historian. (laughs) Okay. So the Battle of Gettysburg ended on July 3rd, 1863. So we have the Gettysburg addresses around that time. I don't need to Google that. I'm not good with remembering dates, even though I'm a history major. Life is life. So I would say because Sam Houston dies later that month, maybe he did release the slaves. Maybe he didn't. He only released them because he valued Texas being a part of the union and was upset that Texas went to the Confederacy, even though he also owned slaves. You can't have it both ways. No, you can't. So recapping, Texans wanted to be independent from Mexico because they wanted to own slaves. And Mexico was like, no, we're not going to let you have states' rights. We are going to abolish slavery throughout. We are also not going to let you govern yourselves because you didn't abide by our immigration laws. And number three, you stole a cannon and we didn't do anything about it because we were just like, oh, okay, you stole a cannon, but then you fought back. So luckily for Texas to get its independence, they had General Sam Houston who created a wonderful divisive plan. There's also lore that I kind of want to touch upon because I find it fascinating. Do you know about the lore of the Yellow Rose of Texas? Like the song and the person that supposedly inspired it? I know the song and I, I know I've heard the story because, I mean, if you grew up in Texas, you know the song. <laughs> so the song Yellow Rose of Texas supposedly is written about a woman who she's considered the Yellow Rose of Texas because during that siesta that Santa Ana was taking during the Battle of San Jacinto and supposedly there's a woman who was keeping him occupied. However, she is keeping him occupied. You know how she's keeping him occupied. He's not <laughs> siesta We all know what's going on. However, again, as I watch this Texas Rising beautiful series with, again, my boy Bill Paxton and the guy who played Denny from Grey's Anatomy. Oh, I know who he is. <laughs> as soon as you said that, I know the actor. I have no idea what his name yeah. is. So you have these wonderful people that I love with all of my heart playing in this very wrong series when you go back and look at it. But they portrayed this woman, Emily West or Emily Morgan, as being the Yellow Rose of Texas. So there is some fact behind it because, yes, she was a slave of somebody from the Alamo and she was taken supposedly by Santa Ana and his army. But she was released after the war and nothing ever said by any of his generals that Santa Ana lost the war or lost Texas because of a woman. It was all because Santa Ana lost because Santa Ana was Santa Ana. Mexico can't blame it on a woman for why they lost and why we have this whole folklore about this yellow rose of Texas. There are some historians that take it as fact. And there's some historians that are just like, it's a folklore. It's not real. Cause nobody, like there's no firsthand accounts of this woman technically distracting him. And for her to work in tandem with Sam Houston, you would have had to have somebody infiltrate Santa Ana's army to tell her what to do on a certain day and somehow not be caught to go, to go back to Sam Houston's army tell him what was going on and have this whole orchestrated thing where if she's technically a prisoner or any, anything of that sort in that in with Santa Ana, she doesn't get to dictate times or anything. I feel like that's a little bit of a stretch. Like it was probably more, I feel like the story probably is correct. However, the whole coordination thing is just like someone connecting a dot that isn't there. Yeah. Like it could have happened. I'm not going to say that it wasn't happening, but I'm not going to say that there was a coordination and it was a planned attack by Sam Houston of all people. Cause first off, I don't give him that much credit. Sam Houston wins. And that's like, that's basically what I want to end this note on is that Sam Houston does this retreat to build Santa Ana's confidence to have him go and basically 
kind of like chase Sam Houston as though Sam Houston is wounded, even though he's not where Santa Ana is having the siesta because he feels so confident that he, they can rest during the middle of the day versus being prepared to battle. And that's when Sam Houston strikes at the battle of San Jacinto, which is outside Houston. If you've never been, you're probably not from Texas, which is totally fine. Have you been to San Jacinto monument? Mm-hmm. I want to close this with what are your final remarks or any final feelings about the founding fathers of Texas and Texas independence and what you maybe learned or didn't learn that you wish you learned in school? I mean, I knew slavery was a thing in Texas because obviously like we were part of the South, but I didn't realize that that was part of the Texas independence itself. So hmm, it's not terribly surprising, but at the same time, like you spent a whole year on it you think you would learn that, but shocking. I look at it as it is incredibly weird that we didn't know that I wasn't taught at least that, yeah, Texas wanted independence from Mexico because Mexico abolished slavery. I feel like that was said like hand over mouth like oh yeah they abolished slavery so like that's why but yes we wanted to be independent from mexico like i can i can hear my history teacher saying this Mm -hmm. it's just like the the history books about the civil war that it's for states rights not about slavery i know that we're not talking about civil war or anything but you went to a totally different school district than me. You're in a totally different city. Did you learn that it was like a disagreement about states' rights? Uh, I mean, yes, that was taught. But it, I mean, we were also taught that it was about slavery. Lucky you. Lucky you. I was only taught that it was states' rights about slavery. But it was states' rights well, about slavery. It is kind of, yeah, they were, they did go hand in hand with that. Anyways, because they're kidding. like, oh, it's, it's a state's right to have slaves. Well, okay, it's still about slavery because that's why you're fighting someone, the right to own someone else. Like, So, final remarks about Texas history. We weren't taught the whole truth and nothing but the truth. We were taught partial truths that made Texas feel or makes Texans feel um, better about what happened versus we fought for independence mostly because of slavery and because we wanted our state's rights so we could own slaves and be in charge of Texas. Yeah. And, and Stephen F. Austin is still a badass. And also, for the record, Stephen F. Austin, not only did he not own slaves, he was against slavery on a moral level, but he understood the necessity for slavery when it came to economics for Texas to help make it a prosperous state, which I do not agree with. And um, I blame him a little bit for that. But... Um, he's still better than Sam Houston because he didn't own slaves. For back then, that was progress. Look, he had some progress. He morally understood it was wrong. Financially understood other people had him. The end. And with that, thank you again for joining us for another rambling edition of But Have You Heard About? I'm your host, Courtney, and I was joined by my amazing, wonderful friend, Nick. And we hope you have a fabulous day. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.